Hello and welcome to the BC Outdoors podcast. Sit back and join us as your host, Mike Mitchell, gets us all access to the leaders in the outdoor scene. Hey folks, we got a special uh, edition of our BCO podcast. We're up in beautiful Rivers Inlet right now, sitting on your porch with Sid K. Sid, welcome to our podcast. Thanks, Mike. So we just fil- finished filming a, uh, an episode with you and, and spent three days, three and a bit of days out on the boat, absolutely beautiful weather, incredible fishing, uh, meals, prep, everything has been over the top here and I gotta thank you again, I'll do that on here. I'm trying not to make everybody jealous, but they uh, should be, really, they should be jealous that we're, that we're up here right now, right? So I want to thank you for having us again, for sure. And thanks for being on the podcast. I know, I know, an, I know how busy you are. It's an absolute pleasure, Mike. And I, like I, in life for me, it's all about relationships. And I, uh, I cherish them. And I, uh, I have a real fondness for you and for our cameraman producer extraordinaire, Kirk uh, Gilcrest. And uh, you guys will always be welcome at Duncan B. And I look forward to working with you and hanging out with you. Well, I appreciate that. As long as we're, as long as we're all still kicking, man. So... Aside from what you do here, like this is where I think people need to understand. You, you, not only do you Duncan B, you have ocean trailers, you've got so much on the go, yet you still find time to be a board member of the SFI and also a member of the SFAB. And those are two real lobbying groups that allow us as recreational fishermen to have a voice and to fish, right? And um, I don't know if anybody knows how important that is, but it is super important. And the fact that, that you are, you know, busy and I remember you talked to me at one point and said, busy is not an excuse. Never is. <laughs> and I use it a lot, though. There's an old, there's an old story, if you, you know, an old saying, if you, want something, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Yeah. Right? And it, it's, you find priorities. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, in all of my businesses, I'm, I'm blessed to have amazing people that I, that I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I, I often get far too much credit. Yeah. Uh, for, for it all, it's a, it's a team effort. And yeah, I'm for a sure. part of a part of a team, but... But giving time to, to the SFI and the SFAB process is absolutely vital. Uh, it's our only voice. And there's, there's people that, are, that have been at it a lot longer than me. Yeah. Uh, the Tom Prothros of the world and, and Jerry Christensen and Martin Pache and, and, and Rob Alcock and John McCullough. Yeah. Um, without those people, I just shudder to think where we would be. Exactly. Yeah. You know, this, uh, this coast, um, you know, the province of British Columbia has, has long been ignored by, by Ottawa. And, yeah. and it, uh, without the SFI and the SFAB people continuing to push and continuing to protect our, all of our rights, you know, you know fishing, is a, fishing is, a, is a right, right? Yep. And it, it, you know, but it, it's, it's something that's so, it's so important on this coast. Um, you know, it's the, the recreational fishery is 10 times the revenue of the commercial and the fish farms combined. Yeah. You know, it, it's, but it's so much more than that. You know, in life, there's very few things that you can remember from when you were five years old. Yeah, you're right. You know, I'm, I'm going to be 58 in September, and I can remember moments fishing with my dad and my grandpa when I was five years old. Yeah. I can remember where we were fishing. I can remember yeah. you know, the specific fish we caught. Yeah, that's so true. Um, where we were, like, clearly and vividly. Yeah. It's that. It's so important. You know, it, it's one of the great things about having Duncan be is that is I've watched my kids grow up here. You know, this is season fifteen for us. Yeah. And uh, what it's brought for them, 
And then the, the guests that come here and the kids that work here, you know, it's, it's, it's life-changing yeah. to get a chance to be in the, this beautiful part of the world, this unspoiled, beautiful part of the world, yeah. and, and have an opportunity to go fishing and, yeah. have, and to catch a fish. It's yeah. just a, it's a truly special, special thing, you know, let alone the economic benefit. And, and even you talk about the, you know, the, the, benef the benefits to the environment and the ecology, the, the balance of Mother Nature's the Lion King, you know, the balance of nature. Yeah. You know, there's, there's DNA in these cedar trees around us from Chinook salmon. Right? It's, it's part of the soil, it's part of the nutrients, mm -hmm. it's part of the, the cycle of life. Yeah. You know, it's, it's absolutely vital. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we t we're talking about Ottawa. And yes. Department of Fisheries, we, you know, we have a new fisheries minister now. And what, what are you hoping that this, and, and this is the first time in a while, we should backtrack again. This is the first time in a while for us we've had somebody that's from, been from the West Coast. And I've always said, that's what we need. But we need the right guy from the West Coast that understands the fisheries here and doesn't need to be introduced to everything. Like, kind of has a bit of a background. But what are you hoping from this guy? Like what, are well, you, what are you hoping that he's going to I, do? I, I hope and I pray. It's, like, it's the first time in 30 years that we've had a fisheries minister from the province of British Columbia, and, and which is absolutely frightening, mm -hmm. because the, the the fishery on the on the on the on the coast of British Columbia dwarfs the fishery anywhere else in the country, yeah. and to not have a fisheries minister from here has and and that's whatever political party you're with. You know, the Conservatives or the Liberals, they both made the same mistake. Yeah. And for the first time, we actually have a, a, a minister from here. And I'm really, really hopeful, you know, you know, through the SFAB and the SFI process, you know, we've been through several ministers the last 10 years. And it, it is a complete start over each time. Mm -hmm. You know, the issues that are yep. important here. Uh, it, to the, the simplest things, it's amazing how little knowledge that is held you know, 2,800 miles away in Ottawa, but yeah. what goes on in this coast and the yeah. reality and the importance of it to the, you know, the small rural communities and the, and, and the, the people that it's, that, that it's a lifeline for them, for them yeah. plus the societal benefits of it all. Yeah. You know, it, it's so important. And so I'm really hoping that, uh, that this minister is able to have some stick and, 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 Listen to the people that he has on this coast. You know, there's some, some incredible people that work at DFO. There's mm -hmm. some amazing, committed people. Like, yeah, sure absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm so fond of so many of them, the, the soldiers that they are. But the cutbacks and the lack of funding to the, for this coast have been insane. Yes. The Prince Rupert office, the Department of Fisheries and Oceans office in Prince Rupert, has been at a 30% staffing level for the last eight years. Now, hmm. as a business guy, Mike, can you imagine trying to run your business with 30% of your people? No. no, there's no way. It's not possible. There's no and way. And the soldiers that they have there that continue to show up and put up every day and do the best they absolutely can, I love them for it. Yeah. But it's, we're losing, we're losing them. There's good ones that are, that are, have, are exhausted and they're, they're taking retirement and they're, yeah. or they're moving to other, or they're moving to the private sector because yeah. they just can't deal with the frustrations anymore. You know, I, we talked about a, an insane, an absolutely insane, if you came from Mars, you would think, no, no, that's just, somebody just made that up. But the DFO enforcement officers, because they all live within budgets, mm -hmm. they run out of gas money, 
their budgets for gas money every year before the season's over. Uh, last year in Prince Rupert, the enforcement officers, they, rent, they, they spent, there was no budget money left for gas. They couldn't even drive their pickup trucks down to the, the docks when the boats are coming in, nor could they go down patrols on the water. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's insane. And, it, and, for the, and the amount of money we're talking is, is, is nickels. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. nickels. And, yeah. and like another example I was telling you about is that, you know, we built that Percy Walker's hatchery here. Mm -hmm. And it's totally privately funded, and, and, and it always will be. You know, myself mm -hmm. and Tony Allard and, and so many great friends of Duncanby and, and of our coast have, uh, have committed to do that. You know, we've got the, the PSF on board now. And, um, but we had this small bit of funding for the coated wire tags. When you do the hatchery fish, you, know, you mm -hmm. clip a percentage of them and put a coated wire tag in their head. Yep. And we had a $12,000 fund, that, the DFO-approved fund, that we got twelve thousand dollars for that every year, mm -hmm. which is a, you know, it's a, it's nothing in the big scheme of things for the for the hatchery. But it was, yeah. you know, hey, it was cool. sure. Yeah. But it's not just us you know, that has that type of funding, and we were notified this year, um, just prior to us getting ready to do our quota wire tagging, that that funding was canceled. Oh God! So we of course paid for it and did it ourselves. But you know, other than the the great big federally funded hatcheries that are that are there to produce fish for commercial mm -hmm. fish like snootly hatchery and those types of places that that produce fish to be commercially caught you know chum and yeah and you know, those types of things um most hatcheries are volunteer they're volunteer run so they need that type of like twelve thousand dollars is a big deal yeah to some of the smaller hatcheries yeah oh right? for sure Fortunately, we were able to cover it yeah but that sure. kind of decision making simply has to stop yeah and it's and it comes from ottawa yeah like anyone in their right mind wouldn't cut $12,000 worth of funding that allows you to put the coated wire tag so that they can track the fish as to where they're from, yeah. you know, which system they're from, yeah. how old they are, you know, through the head recovery, the salmon head recovery program. Yeah. It's absolutely insane and, and, and that's the type of decisions that keep getting made. Such nickel and dime stupidity. Yeah. You know, the, the funding levels need to be restored to DFO on this coast they need to let their, 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 their management team do their jobs and we can fix it. Yeah. But it, without it, it can't. No. Now I will say there, is, there are things that you know, in life, sometimes we all expect the government to pay for too much. Yeah. And there are certain things where the private sector and then people of means or people that have time or people that have skills need to dedicate their time and donate their time and join and make and, and, and get, in the, get in the battle. Mm -hmm. We don't want the government running everything else. No. You know, we don't. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing what people can accomplish when something is important to them. Yeah. You know, one of the problems that, that I see is that, you know, with the, with the fishery, is that to you and I, and to people that, that fish and, and, and understand it and, and truly love it, it's mm -hmm. important. Yep. But to the average citizen, I think it's important to them, but they don't understand it. And it's not something that's, that's, that's in their daily thought. So we have to somehow become relevant. And how do you become relevant is when you're, when you're important to, to people that are, that are involved, that aren't directly involved in the, in the sector. Yeah. Um, because it's the, like again, I'm repeating myself, but that, that Lion King thing, the balance of nature. Mother Nature put every creature here for a reason. Yeah, exactly. And those, and it's a cycle of life thing. 
Yeah. You know, we've all heard about the southern uh, the southern resident killer whale issues. Yeah, um, that's a that's a really sad situation. Um, you know, the the the, the, the reduced stocks in certain runs. Um, you know, properly properly run and managed hatchery programs. Yeah. You know, catch reporting like that's there's one like the yeah. private sector really needs to do. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I when I started doing this 15 years ago. Uh, there's people that refuse to report their catch. Yeah. Right? They're because worried they, about giving up their fishing spots. They should give up their fishing they spots. They just don't understand. They don't, good they science, they don't understand. Good yeah. science will never hurt you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, and I'm seeing some improvements there. I'm seeing some changes. I know here with our kids and the people that come here I'm, and people in, a lot of people in Rivers Inlet and other areas on the coast, I'm starting to see some, some really positive change. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately for some of them, it took having closures yeah. and having fishing taken away from them. Yep. You know, to start asking how to have good relations and yep. how to communicate. And what can I do? Yeah. You know, catch and release programs are very effective. Yeah. They're very important. I agree. You know, those, the gene pool of those, of those big fish, mm -hmm. it, they are unique. Yep. And only they carry that gene. Yeah. You know, it, there's only two river systems left in North America that are statistically significant for the production of those big fish. Mm -hmm. And one is the Wanak River here in Rivers Inlet, and one of them was the Kitsum Kalem up by Terrace. Yep. We've all heard about the, the horrible issues on the Skeena, yep. and the Kalem is a tributary of the Skeena. Now I understand, like the, the bunch of scientists have been in there, and I understand that, that it hasn't been wiped out, yep. that there's, uh, there's hope. That's so good. But those closures were done, and they were done with a, with a good reason. Yep. But if we had had proper catch reporting in the north, we probably would have known what was going on sooner. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I agree. It's, so people now are starting to pay attention. And, and I'm an optimistic guy. So I'm going to keep slugging and keep fighting. Mm -hmm. I have people from the north that, you know, used to laugh at me and make fun of me because of the way I am. Mm -hmm. um, and now all of a sudden they're phoning me and asking me for help. Yeah. Or how did you do that, Sid? How did you get yep. good relations with First Nations? And how did you get these things done and tell yeah. me about catch and release and, yeah. Yeah. and using descending devices for, for sending yeah. back sending back endangered rockfish the LOI rockfish yeah. you know and, and the, all of those things and it, and it it takes our in our sector which the vast majority of people in our in our sector the vast majority of people in the recreational fishing business recreational anglers that aren't in the business but they, they, they truly do care yeah they do but yeah, we just, for sure they do as, but some of, it, some of it's just needing to know yeah. Needing to understand it, yeah. you know, and understand what whys and the who's and what, how we're we supposed to do these things correctly. Yeah. And a lot of the things we did in the past weren't, weren't right. No. These, right? And, and the, the biggest thing about all this is it, it, it's so important that people just really understand, right? But what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a quick break, let our sponsors pay some bills, and then we're going to come back. And what I want to get into on the other side is some of the other stuff. I, you don't like talking about these, but I want to talk about the hatchery a bit. I want to talk about how much work you've done. And just the great program here. I mean, it is, it is absolutely inspiring. So we'll take a quick break and we'll get back onto that. How's that sound? Super. Okay. This segment of the BC Outdoors podcast with Mike Mitchell is proudly brought to you by your Toyota BC dealers. Folks, we're back after a quick break there. And again, we got uh, Sid K, Duncan B Lodge, Ocean Trailer, SFAB, SFI board member. Right, but one of the things we talked about a little bit, uh, what I want to get into is the, is the hatchery you guys have uh, basically built from the ground up here in Rivers Inland. How important that is to this area. And uh, a couple of years ago, we were here for the hatchery opening. We did a little filming for it with the 
with the PSF and and just the ceremony and just the community here embraced it. And that was a fantastic experience, that whole thing. But now it's really when grassroots is trying to come in. And I believe the hatchery now is in its third year this year, right, yeah. I believe? So and so this is our third year this year. Next year is going to be the first year return where you're going to have those some of those bigger fish come back and yeah. then the year after that, right? Too. Yeah. But Mostly five-year-old. Yeah, let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the hatchery, you know, really, and how important is this community here? Well, it, it's, you know, as, as you know, Mike, and a lot of people that know me know, um, I live an incredibly blessed and privileged life. Mm. I, I cannot, I don't know what I ever did to deserve to have all the joy that I, that I get to experience on a daily basis and, and the amazing people in my life. And, and besides my kids, I think the thing that I'm most proud of is the Percy Walkis Hatchery mm -hmm. that we built here in Rivers Inlet in the Awikino Village. Yep. Um, you know, 30 years ago, there was a hatchery here and it was run by a man named Percy Walkis, who is uh, the uncle of my great friends, uh, Ted and Dwayne Walkis. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, they're brothers yep. to me now. I was actually adopted into their family awesome. at the potlatch two weeks ago and my, uh, my Awikino name is Wawaklis. Oh, neat, yeah. And, uh, which a uh, very special, uh, great honor. Um, they've been brothers for the last five or six years, uh, but now it's official. Yeah. But the, the Percy Walker's Hatchery, and, and uh, so that hatchery that was here 30 years ago, and it was a DFO funded and run hatchery. Mm -hmm. And it had been here for 20 years prior. And it was a great, so great source of pride in the community. And, it, and through, as, as happens with federally funded projects and things, cutbacks and budgets, and the budget was cut, and it yeah. was, the program was eliminated. Yeah. And uh, when I first came here to Rivers Inlet uh, 15 years ago, I, uh, I didn't know, I didn't understand the importance of the hatchery programs. In Chinook salmon, one in four Chinook salmon today mm -hmm. is the result of a hatchery program. Yeah. And if you think about that, one in four, that's one in four that's caught commercially, yep. it's caught First Nations food, it's caught recreationally. Yeah. It's also one in four that returns to spawn. Yeah. You know, and without that, without that fish in the equation, we're not, we're not doing this. So anyways, we, uh, Rick Hansen, uh, the man in motion, the Canadian icon, mm -hmm. uh, met the, Al the, uh, the Allard family, who are my main partners in the construction of the hatchery, the Good Hope people, Tony Allard and his, and his sons, Gage and Luke. Um, and, and of course, Ted, Ted Walkis and, uh, and Ted explained the, the, what was going on here. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rick agreed to give a hand. He called a meeting and, uh, and I attended that meeting and it was six years ago and I attended that meeting and, and uh, we, started, we started funding the, the hatchery program that we did have, which was flying the the eggs and the sperm to Snootley Hatchery in, in uh, Bella Coola and then flying it back. And, and we, so we were doing that. Mm -hmm. It was just a cumbersome burden and difficult with timing and weather and other kinds of things. Yep. But the dream always was for me is to once again have a, a hatchery here. Yep. Um, and uh, so we, there was multiple five-year plans made and a lot of science and studies going on, which is a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. I've never been much of a five-year plan guy. Yeah. And, <laughs> And then it was, we were going to do it in three phases and never been much of a phase guy. So we, we just built it. Yes. <laughs> and we built the best darn little hatchery 
anywhere on the coast. And uh, we support three systems right now. The Wanak River, of course, the famous Wanak River that mm -hmm. produces those 50, 60, 70, 80-pound mm -hmm. fish. There's some incredible pictures. Uh, you can Google it or you yeah. can Google, go on Pusiwaka's Hatchery website and you can see pictures of the boys and I holding up these 60 and 70-pound fish. And, yeah. and to put it in perspective for you, like a female, one of those female Thai salmon, mm -hmm. they have between 10 and 14,000 eggs in them. Wow. Where a regular Chinook salmon has 3,500, 4,000 eggs. Yeah. Now, not every one of her babies is a Thai, but only she can make those fish. Yeah. And they're the biggest and the strongest. And they are the, the absolute, it's imperative that they survive. Yeah. You know, and today, if you catch a salmon on this coast that weighs over 40 pounds, there's a 90% chance yes. that it's from the Wanak or the Kitsum-Kalem. Wow. All other river systems are considered statistically insignificant for the production of those fish today. Mm -hmm. And when I was a kid, you could catch those fish everywhere. You can That's catch right. them because our fish travel. Yeah. But those fish were in every system You're right. or in, yep. in hundreds of systems. Mm -hmm. But we took them all, yep. right? Commercially, recreationally, First Nations, everybody. We were all to blame yep. for what we did there. Yep. And, uh, but we've caught it in time here. And we yep. are, the, in the 10-year average, this is really inspiring, in the 10-year average, the last three years, the average size of our females and our males on the Wanak mm -hmm. is going up. Oh, wow. It's the only system in North America that's doing that. Yeah. And, it's and how, how are you finding the, the numbers of fish? The, uh, you know, we know the sizes. Are, are the numbers, our numbers slowly are, coming back? Our numbers are coming back as well. Yeah. Um, yeah they, they are. They yeah. are coming back. And you know, everybody talks about the day, you know, back in the day when, you know, I fished my whole life. And, and the, numbers, the numbers are down. Yeah, but they, we're going in the right direction sure. here now. Sure, that's With a good doing thing. The, yeah. By doing the right thing, you know. Yeah. And 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 we, one of the greatest things of the of the the hatchery is that it, we did it in full partnership with the First Nation here, mm -hmm. the Owekino Nation, mm -hmm. and, and they're a small nation, but uh, you know, and there was five of them here for lunch today. Yeah, saw that. Yep. And, it, um, and it, it's a, a very special relationship has been mm -hmm. formed there and. And when I first came here, you know, the relationship wasn't good. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was, there was a very much a, the sporty and us versus them. Yeah. There was no, right. there was no communication and no, yeah. and no understanding. And, and through Ted and Dwayne and, and, and others before that, my, before that with others, I was, I started working with those people and yeah. communicating with them and talking to them. And it's amazing in life what happens when you actually sit at a table with someone and discuss your issues and listen to their concerns mm -hmm. with respect. Yep. And the next thing you know, you're not yelling at each other and you're actually having meaningful dialogue and conversation. And you're starting to solve problems. You start to solve problems and, and the there issues, becomes a yeah. relationship and a trust, yeah. which is how life works. Yeah, exactly. That's how you, you work yeah. in your family, that's how you work in your business, that's how you work with your friends, that's yeah. how everything is yeah. done. That, and one of the questions I was gonna ask you, we'll go right, right into this right now is, why, why do you think it's so important for us to continue relationships and, and, and building relationships with the First Nations? Why do you, why do you think that? Well, it's, it's absolutely vital. You know, like they, they're the original people, and they, and they, live, in these, mm -hmm. they live in these small rural communities where these river systems are. Yep. And, and they truly, if given the chance, right, you know, mm -hmm. to, to, they need some help. 
You know, it's been a long time of, of neglect and, yep. and other issues. Mm -hmm. um, and again, there's good and bad sure. in all walks of life. Yep, for sure. But there's way more good than there is bad. Yeah. If you have, if you take the moment to meet and understand, and do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Right. Um, it's. I'm inspired. I've got, you know, a young member of the community that works here. Uh, I have friends in the community, and I'm absolutely inspired. There's some young people starting to move back to this nation, and the hatcheries created some employment opportunities there. Mm -hmm some educational opportunities there. We're doing incredible science. You know, my nephew, Bryden Peace, is the manager, um, the amazing young man, mm -hmm. and uh, who grew up here at Duncan Beaster. Came here the first time when he was 12 years old. Yeah. You know, and it, uh, to my kids, how vital it is. You know, Mac and Kyle will be on the egg takes with us, yeah. doing, doing the, sharing that experience. And, and, and I really feel we're going in the right direction. But I, you know, I have, I have people that I know in the, that I work with in the SFAB process from parts of the parts of the country that have no relationship with the First Nations in their community. Yeah. They don't even speak to each other. Yeah. They complain, they all, and they both do. They both complain about each other, but they've never actually sat and met. Yeah. And and you know it's incredible what happens if you can swallow your pride. Yep. You know, put all that anger aside. Mm -hmm. You know, put 30 years ago aside that probably didn't have anything to do with you anymore. No, you're right. Yep. And talk about today's real issues. Yeah. How can we how can we fix things going forward? You know, because you're right. You can't go back and fix what's, what's it, there. But history got, is, We have to make a better we, future. We need to learn from history and our mistakes. Yep. But as far as as far as going forward, get over the anger. Yep. Get over the, the the bitterness, and let's tackle these things one at a time. Mm -hmm. Right. And we can we can affect positive change. If we believe we can do that, if we approach it from an angle of respect, yep. common, common shared goals. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, there was people that are, were so amazed at how much we had in common, as opposed to against when once we sat together. Yeah, and it, and I cherish those relationships. I I just am so proud of it, um, and there's so much satisfaction and so much joy. Yeah, for all of us. Yep. You know uh, the. Uh, there was uh, the, the the kids from the nation attended a celebration up at the Quay this week, mm -hmm. and, uh, and Danny Shaw, one of the bright young lights in the village, one of the young people that's moved home there, that's a brilliant young girl that's going to lead them into another the next the next steps mm -hmm. as well. And there's more young people coming home, and uh, Danny asked to buy a twenty of the Duncan B tie dye bucket hats from me and twenty of the, of the Duncan B uh, little back tie dye backpacks and. Mm -hmm. And uh, she didn't ask for them for free. I, that I, I did give them to her. And uh, the kids from a week ago yep. were walking around with Duncan B. Lodge tie-dye. Awesome, awesome. Up at, the, <laughs> up at, their, up at this great celebration, yep. this youth camp celebration of multiple nations that was held in the Quay. Oh, great. And uh, you know, I don't know if that would have been possible um, 10 years ago. You're right. Yeah, you're right. That, if a, that a First Nations village would have put on the, put on the colors yep. of a business. Yeah, or from yeah. the from a you know a white a white a, a white man's uh, a white man's business, but that's yeah. because we are we are common and we are we are we are one. Now. Yeah, we have the same the same goals. Yeah, we got time for one more segment. Go We're ahead. just gonna let some uh, sponsors pay some more bills for us, and we'll come back and we'll wrap up here. All right. This segment of the BC Outdoors podcast with Mike Mitchell is proudly brought to you by Yamaha. Are you ready to get out and conquer the water? Let Yamaha rev your heart. 
All right, folks, we're coming back out of our, our break here. Last segment here with Sid Kay, and we're up at beautiful Rivers Inlet at Duncan Bee Lodge. Again, I know I've said it probably 20 times, but I'm going to say it 21 times. Thank you so much for having us up here. Um, we're welcome. overlooking on, we're, we're on your, we're sitting on your porch of your cabin, overlooking the bays, walking, watching all the lodge boats come back. I can see the smiles from your guests from here. And we're a ways away. Everybody's having a great time up here. And, 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 and folks, you get a chance to come up here if you can get in. He's got lots of... Lots of lots of spots taken, but if you can get in, I, I I definitely guarantee you'll have a great time up here. So definitely do it. A couple things I want to get into now: the nitty gritty. We've kind of covered covered some some hard hitting stuff here. So I got to know so what's the biggest fish that you've reeled in yourself? The biggest fish you've had on your boat? Okay, we'll answer those two questions first. And I got some more for you after. Forty eight pounds. Okay. For myself. Yeah. Twice. And that's, and that's a release. Uh, no, they weren't. That was well, back. In, that was back in the day. Back in the day. Back okay. in the day before we released fish. Okay. Yeah, and then you've had. I know. Uh, I know your wife Lee released a forty the other day. She released a forty on July the twelfth. Awesome. And so there's another female. Thing. Yeah. So we're up now. So this is July 29th, I believe is the date today. Twenty yeah. eighth or 29th here. I'm losing time up here. How many Thai have you guys released to this today up here to, for this season so far? And this season so far, yeah. we've had. I believe it's 30, Jeez. 31 ties yep. caught, yep. 28 released, and of, the th and of the three that weren't released, they were attempted releases. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's a bleeding a, yeah. or injured fish who yeah. wouldn't recover them. Yeah. And we, we tell people to keep those fish. Sure. Yeah, you don't you want, know? yeah, why? Same feed, feed it to sea lions or the crabs, you might as well take it. Take it home and yeah. celebrate that fish, yeah. you know. And yeah. but, it's, but, it, at the, but part of that, though, Mike, is what we've asked people to consider and people to do now is you should also keep that five, six, seven, eight pound fish sure. that's bleeding or injured. Yeah. You know, if it's gilled and there's blood clots coming out or if yeah. it has the hook went through its eyeball, yeah. that fish needs to go into your box yep. and be part of your limit. Yep. You know, it, it, it's one of the things with, with First Nations communities that's a huge thing of concern for them is watching people throw back dead fish yep. trying to catch a bigger one and yeah. it's wrong. Yeah, it is. Yep. Right? And, and, we've, and the people here have bought in. You know, we started yep. this program in in 2008, yep. and in 2008, we had one person take advantage of our, uh, of our catch and release program and, the, and the, the reward that we give for mm -hmm. that. And in those days, it was an Islander reel. Do you remember who that was? Her name is Diane Neighbors, and her picture hangs on the wall. Oh, in the, excellent. In the, in the, in the thing. <laughs> excellent. Um, and last year, mm -hmm. we had 43 released. Wow. We had 60, 60 ties caught last year. Mm -hmm. And of the 17 that were retained, nine of those were attempted releases. And this year we have not had one that was kept without trying to release it. Without them. trying to yeah. revive it or release it. Yeah. And I, I think that that is a motion, in all honesty, I know it's, it's very unique to hear, but it is, it's gaining traction. It, it, it really is, is gaining Mike. traction. And, 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 and so we we're just down in, in Port Hardy filming with one of our friends, and we talk about it down, we, we were talking about the whole time down there, how we want to get a big fish, release it. And it, it's almost now, it's, it's funny because, the, you know, when you're saying, you know, if you get an 8 to 10 pound, 15 pound Chinook and it's a bleeder, they actually taste better. Way better. They're better table fare, <laughs> right? But that, that's so much point. easier to cook. But there's also, a, there's also now, which is, I think is a good thing, there's almost a guilt factor if you're going to take a bigger fish now. Huh. And that's, and I don't know if it's a guilt factor, but it's, maybe that's the wrong word, but it's, it's more of a, it's a conscious thing like. Uh, I think it's, I, I you know, Mike, it, yeah. I understand what you meant by the guilt yeah. factor, but I but I think it's more of the understanding yeah. that how special these fish are, yeah. and that yeah. they used to exist yeah. in every system. Yeah. 
and that when you take them, they're gone. Yeah. But the Kenai River, the famous Kenai River in Alaska, mm -hmm. is today considered extinct yeah. for those fish. I don't know. You know, anybody can Google that and have a look at that thing. And it's, yeah. it was actually out about two or three weeks ago in the yeah. news. Yeah. Um, that, that river is now considered extinct for yeah. the production of those big fish. Yeah. You know, and so it's people are understanding it because again. It was once as it was explained. Like, and I was one of those guys. I didn't understand it. I yeah. used to, I used to whack everything. Yep. Right. And, and then once I understood it. Yeah. And thought about it. So now it becomes this, and it's this spiritual experience. Like, oh, it is. The people that have released a tie, um, they, it's life changing to them. Yeah. You know, we got to watch it yesterday. We saw that yesterday. We watched, yeah. we watched the, you know, well, the you hugs watched, and the, the jumping hugs and, and the, the tears. And oh. the tears. It's unbelievable. I'll right? tell you, and I, and I know we've talked. I was jealous. I wanted to be there releasing that fish too because well, of the excitement and the and, again, and everything else, right? And again, I'm 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 working on you on that. I know. <laughs> it, it, the, the the emotion, mm -hmm. the emotion. Uh, you saw that. I yeah. Kurt, Kurt got some footage of it. The, the, the pure joy in yeah. my heart. Yeah. And then you heard the radio. Yes. Of all the Duncanby kids, and you saw the reaction of all the people around. Yeah. You know, and we have people that come here now. Yeah. That like myself had fished their whole lives and had have, have, have taken many fish. Yeah. Will never do it again. No. And then, and once they get the opportunity, they all tell that same story. But usually, tears in their eyes. Yeah. And it, it's the most memorable, unbelievable experience that they've ever had while fishing. Yeah. You know, an incredible, incredible thing. And yeah. and it's, attitudes are changing. We've got guys in Prince Rupert that are doing it now, and that would yeah. never have happened there. Yeah. We have anglers from Washington State that come here that would never have done it before yeah. that are doing it now. Yeah. Um, we have the local people here that are doing it now, yeah. and it's a, it's, it's this, it's really gaining traction and momentum, and that type of feeling and understanding of it makes me feel very optimistic yeah. about about our future. Yeah. And I look at our kids, the young people that are here, and how special and important it is to them. Yeah, we're we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We got a float plane coming in just behind us here, which yeah. is amazing what happens uh here's another fun question here is you're out in the boat you forgot your tackle box what's the one thing you can't leave the dock without aside from rods reels and line what's the one thing and i think i know the answer to this. party girl spoon party girl spoon party girl spoon we fished it this week too and, and uh it's funny with the first time you come up here I, i've had some of these different spoons and stuff and you get you get some stuff sent to you and you get the reps sending you samples and i've had party girls and i was just like oh. I get it. I, it looks cool. I, don't, I still don't know if I do it. I walk off the dock the first time, and I think the first thing he said to me is my tackle bag. I said, "You got party girls?" And I'm like, "What? What are party girls?" But I'll tell you, I fish those up and down the coast now, and they work. They do. They do, and it's something. But it, those spoons fit here. I think it's the tie dye, the relaxed feeling, the the name of it, and and that kind of stuff, right? It just fits this area really yeah. well. And we met somebody on the dock here that has been watching the show. And they said they watched our episode last year, and they went and bought party girls to fish the office, and that was their whole plan. To come up they, they wanted to do it, and they did. They went and fished. They got some fish the other day, and they're they all excited. They, were, they had two beautiful chinooks yeah. today at the county yeah. table. Yeah, but you know, it's Mike. It's that. It, it, it's that thing. You know, it, it. It. You should fish what you believe in. Sure. You always should. You should always poach everything in the, from the most positive light, right? Yeah. And that, fitting with the Duncan beef. The Duncanby feel and the vibe, the Duncanby difference and yeah. the spirit of the tie-dye. But the number one thing that, that I always tell the kids and everybody mm -hmm. is that we should always focus on, on what we have control over. Sure. 
And the number one thing that we, every one of us has control over is how we treat others yeah. and represent ourselves yeah. and, uh, and our families. Yeah. And if, you, if, you, if that is your number one focus, yeah. everything else falls into place. Because yeah. you, you, you rid yourself of, of emotions like anger and, 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 and envy and jealousy. And you're happy for people when they have success. Yep, for sure. You're happy when you see people win and you're happy when you see young people learn and, and yep. rise up. Yep. You know, and, and, and like with the, in the First Nations communities, and there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of issues there. Yep. You know, and, and it goes both ways. You know, there's many reasons for those things. But I'm seeing in this small little nation here and in, 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 in some others mm -hmm. that it's going this way. And the hatchery is, to me is an example of what is possible. Yeah. And I'm hoping that it gets, to me at the end of the day, you know, the work here is very important, but what I'm hoping is it inspires others to do the same thing yeah. in other communities along the coast. Yeah. Partnerships with First Nations, yeah. um, the recreational sector. Yeah. Um, the commercial sector is welcome to help too. Sure. You know, I'm welcome to partner and get, in, yep. get involved too. You know, that yep. it's, it's, that's, and that relationship has started to come a long way. It's better than it was. Yeah. You know, there's, I've actually sat at the table with commercial guys now and, yep. and they, they had, they didn't swear at me yep. for the first time, yep. you know, yep. which is nice. Yeah. And we got a saying, I got a saying in my office, you know, and it's come, come bitch to me with your solutions. And it's basically, there's, there's different formats to that, but it's put up, shut up. Don't sit on your hands and do nothing about it if you're going to sit there and complain. There's Get involved and be a part of a solution rather than just sit and complain about we it. We should all set the bar high. Yep. You know, to, to accept mediocrity and to accept less than anyone's best yeah. is, is just a, it's, that's, that's admitting failure. Yep. And, it, and some people's best is, is different than others. Yeah. But if everyone focused on the things they have control over, and doing their absolute level best every single day, yeah. like we can only go one direction. And I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it with the young people in my life and the young yeah. people here and that work at Duncan B and the young people at Ocean Trailer and my yeah. own kids yeah. and the young people in the, in, the, in the community here. I'm seeing it and I'm inspired. Yeah. I'm inspired and I think yeah. we're going it in the right direction. We just need a whole bunch of us to, <laughs> to get involved and, yeah. and, and, and help it. Yeah, I agree. Hey. You know what, thank you so much for your time today. And again, thank you for having us up here. It's been fantastic. And this has been great, this uh, talk, and people are going to really enjoy this. This has been some enlightening conversation. And, you and know, any, it's it should be inspiring to a lot of people. And, if any, and if, any of your, if any of your listeners or your viewers, Mike, um, want some help uh, with a program or, or some ideas to, ideas to help them get to a different level in their in their program, mm -hmm. my door's always open. Yeah, that's uh, they great. can call me, email me, yep. uh, or ask to come and see me, and I, yeah. well, I, and I, I, I will gladly help. That's great. And uh, be proud to. Great. Thanks. All right, thanks again, Sid. Okay. Thanks for joining us, and stay tuned for more BC Outdoors podcasts. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram for upcoming television and podcast schedules. This podcast produced and engineered by Kirk Gilchrist.